Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly update for the week ending 20th of January 2023. We begin this podcast with the news that the Skidmore report has now been released. Commissioned during Liz Truss's short-lived tenure as PM and announced in the mini-budget in September, the review by Chris Skidmore MP into Britain's progress towards net zero took in a public survey as well as a raft of direct consultations and, in a few short months, has produced a pretty weighty tomb. Chris and the team must have been working nights, Michael. They must have been to produce 340 pages, crunch through 1,800 inputs, plus run 50 open consultation sessions. So I think they must be applauded for that and also applauded for some of the big messages that came out. If you look at the recommendations, there are 129 of them. 73, they are saying, should happen this year. So I, there's urgency and there's momentum. So as we hoped, he could well kickstart a whole series of things and focus people's attention and certainly give new life to the Green Jobs Delivery Group, which is, I don't say long overdue, but it's certainly overdue. And so that is good from our point of view. The other big messages came out for me, local is so important to this and delivery making progress. National focus, national leadership and integration of policy is absolutely crucial. Again, we agree with that. And he goes further in actually putting forward a mission zero or net zero national group under which I presume the Green Dodge Delivery Group would fit. So I think there's some really good stuff in there. He has obviously listened to the voice of the people on the ground and people in business in, in crafting this report, which I think is, is to be applauded. And we'll write, and we are in the process of doing so, writing a post on this as well. And we're planning to post on that next week. Our post this week comes from a conversation we had recently with a community interest company called Forth. Forth Kick is quite new, but it comes from a business partnership that goes back something like 15 years between Professor Daniel Charney of Kingston University and Dee Halligan, who we talked to for the post. With backgrounds in industrial and architectural design, the two previously worked as a creative consultancy. But with Forth, they're now applying this to the field of education and skills development. The term meta-skills, originally coined by Skills Development Scotland, came up, and this is what Dee had to say about them. If I'm putting any message at the moment, it's it's actually what I was reading in that Scottish skills document yesterday. I hadn't heard the term meta skills and I'm always resistant to a new term for introduced. And I know quite a lot of them. So I was a bit like, oh, OK, what's this? But what we've been looking at, you could talk about it in terms of collaboration and connection, almost everything that we're doing. So we're doing design, creativity, innovation storytelling, critical skills, reflective practice, iteration and improvement, listening skills, all of these things which are absolutely central to innovation, to improvement in any kind of broad way. And if you look at any of the kind of frameworks for whatever you're going to call them, green skills, net zero skills, the digital and technical skills are really concrete. So you can talk about, you know, heat source pumps really, really tangibly. You can talk about the digital and tech skills really tangibly. That world of, well, I'm going to say softer skills, but there are hard skills in there. There's hard practices in there. And we're really focused on that. We, I really want to drill into those. And it's not just individuals, 
or even cultural. It's actually hard formats. How do you come together? So the culture and behavior and the values is how do I get over my fear of competition or my my amazing IP that I need to keep to myself? But the practical is in what medium am I doing this? How do I make it cross-sectoral? How is that incentivized in the companies? You know, there's there's kind of hard practices in there, which are which are skills. So mm-hmm. So the Scottish document that I was reading yesterday feels much more concrete than some of the kind of fusion skills. There's a lot of stuff where you're just like, okay, yeah, but... So I was quite interested to see that yesterday, and I'm quite interested in in how that gets equal consideration and doesn't get left behind as the more difficult, fuzzy, I can't see the benefit part of it. Because that's how you get buy-in from a broader public who's getting a factory coming in next door, let alone the C-suite who need to be convinced that is actually that this kind of fuzzy stuff is going to bring them return on investment. Fourth is doing some interesting things, Michael. It is. And I think it's operating in a world where we need to see more capability developed. By that, I mean those skills that allow people to mobilize resource, mobilize different interest groups at local level, national level, and the like, form coalitions, form trusted partnerships and cooperation to actually get things done on the ground and to develop joint agendas. In my history, as it were, that would take me very much into the Tavistock Institute and the evolution of socio-technical analysis and search conferences. And Dean knows that language well. And it also fits very well into the green skills framework developed by the Brookings Institution. And those sets of skills that are required to transform society and transform the economy. So we, we have a lot of interest in what she's doing there. And finally, it fits very much with the work and the discussions we've had with universities around systems thinking and multidisciplinary working. And you can find this week's post, Talking with the Fixperts, on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. Now, we've also been having conversations recently about some of the green skills work going on in Scotland. We have, and we were doing those uh, in part preparation for us making an input to their CSAP implementation steering group. And what we've been taken through is their progressive development of their climate change plan update and how it relates to skills and knowledge and their skills frameworks. And it is really useful to see an integrated national plan in Scotland and how that's starting to unfold and be taken forward at local level. So we see that as a useful counterbalance stroke, a bit of a contrast to what we might see in England. Um, I think the other thing that struck us was generally the under-resourcing at all national government levels of this issue on green skills. In Scotland, there is a designated leader. Um, As we move into Wales, there's a designated leader. In Northern Ireland, there is is one as well, but it's heavily biased toward energy. And in England, it's in the DfE, but less specific in terms of the green skills agenda. But now all these leadership capabilities are all in the education departments, which is quite a significant shift away from enterprise and skills and industrial strategy, which had been historically the case. Now, to finish, let me quickly let you know about another conversation we had recently with the Innovate UK Knowledge Transfer Network. We talked with Mike Mosley, who is KTN's Knowledge Transfer Manager for Construction, and we'll be posting on our chat with Mike sometime over the next few weeks. 
But here's a snippet from him when we asked him about his work. My role is Knowledge Transfer Manager for Construction. Um, so we support Innovate UK on all of their bids and others. So we do a lot of work for Bayes as well on their competition bids. And our role is very much about bringing communities together to, to bid for those for those pieces. But we also run a lot of other things. So there's something else that I've, I started up I got involved in right from the beginning called I3P, the Infrastructure Industry Innovation Partnership, which is a collaboration of all the large infrastructure clients in the UK. So the likes of, uh, it started off with uh, Crossrail, Tideway, Hinkley, Network Rail, Highways England Environment Agency, uh, Heathrow, it was added to by HS2, Anglian Water, National Grid, all the big infrastructure clients. And it's a sort of membership organisation. And the idea of that is actually to drive collaborative innovation across the, the, the infrastructure industry and it's that's been running for six years it suddenly started to understand what it's got to do and and people have understood that by working together these large clients they've all got the same problems and they can share things right michael back to the skidmore report yes we'll be monitoring and watching that in some interest and it'd be nice to see a response from the government and for them to create a little timetable and plan that maps out all those recommendations and see how that's going to be taken forward across the many departments that Chris lists out. That would give us deep joy indeed. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.